right there where you are. God is here today to meet with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It is an honor. Amen. Again, to have brother and sister Claiborne with us this month. And we're so grateful that they've taken time out of their schedule to be with us. And um, I've been enjoying every word that he's been ministering and, and many texts that I have received. And he doesn't always get the chance to see on the other side. I don't, I don't talk to the preacher, but I do talk to the saints and many texts that I've received of people that he's been speaking directly to them. And I just think that's powerful about the apostolic fivefold ministry. Amen. That they can come and they can minister and, uh, and just fill right in and just be right at home in Jesus' wonderful name. And so we want him to come again today and take his liberty. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray for the man of God as he comes in Jesus' name. Can you let Jesus know you love him? Come on, let's keep praying for a minute. Come on, he's why we're here. Can you lift your voice for just a minute and give him some praise? Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we exalt you. Come on, that's it, saints. Just a little while longer, can you lift your voices? I know you've been worshiping. I know you've been singing. Amen. But God is here in this moment. Let's hang on to it. Let's hang on to him in this moment. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise you. Blessed be your name, God. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord. Thank you, King of glory, for visiting us in this place. Amen. Are you thankful you can feel his presence? One more time, put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to turn to the word of the Lord here in just a moment. So thankful for the presence of the Lord that's here, that we can feel. And even when we don't always feel what we want to feel, we can still know that he's here and that he's with us because his word says that when we're gathered in his name, he's with us. Amen. So I'm so glad to feel and know that Jesus is with us in this place. Amen. Why don't we turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verses 7 through 10. Psalms 139, verses 7 through 10. And then 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27. Psalms 139, 7 through 10, and then 1 Kings 8 and 27. While you're turning there, just say again what a privilege it is to be here with you this morning. Thank you to the wonderful saints of God for being here and making an ark, a refuge possible in Carson City. Amen. Thank you for providing a safe place where the people of this region can come and get to know the Lord. Thank you to your pastor and his wife for being so kind and hospitable. Um, they've always been our friends, but day by day, as we're staying with them in their home, they're becoming more and more like family. Amen. And um, we're just thankful for them, thankful for their kindness. They've gone and above and beyond to treat us so well, and we appreciate them so very much and appreciate this church. Thank you to the music team and the media team, everyone who makes this possible. Let's turn to the word of the Lord. If you're visiting here with us today, I echo your pastor's sentiments by just saying that, of course, this church is so glad that you're here. And more importantly, Jesus is glad that you're here. And you're not here by accident. If this is your first time here or fifth time here or whatever, you're not here by accident. And I believe God wants to just get everybody in his net, just wrap everybody up in a great big bear hug. And he wants to give every person in this building something that they need. Amen. Every time we come in, in touch with God and encounter God and his presence, he gives us something. He deposits something into us. And I know he's going to do that today. And I'm going to read this text, and then we're going to pray one more time before you're seated. And whatever you need, in just a second when we pray, I want you to lift that to God in just a moment. Whatever it is you need, put your faith in God that he can accomplish it. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you've never had the experience of speaking in other tongues just like they did in the Bible, amen, 2,000 years ago, you can have that today. And you can lift your voice in just a minute and pray over that. If it's a healing, if it's a financial miracle, whatever it is, God is more than able. doesn't matter your age. I'm already preaching. I'm already preaching here this morning. It doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter uh, uh, your socioeconomic status. In just a minute, you're going to pray and lift your need to God. 
And I believe God is more than able to accomplish that today. So every one of us, from the oldest to the youngest, I know you're going to help me preach today. Let's read this scripture. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I free, flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there as well. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Amen. First Kings 8 and 27 continues with a similar thought, a similar vein. And I'm going to read it. If you have it in your Bibles, read it with me. First Kings 8, 27 says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house I have builded. The heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. What I want to preach to us about this morning is this simple title to hang your hat on, The Uncontainable God. The uncontainable God. Amen. Now here's that moment I talked about where we put down our Bibles, where we lift our hands, our voices, put our hands together, however you're comfortable praying right now. But let's lift our needs to the uncontainable God right now. Can we do that all over this house? Come on, if you believe there's no limitations on him, the only limitations are the ones we place on him. So let's get him out of the proverbial box. Let's place our faith and confidence in him. Come on, that's it. Lift your need to him. Jesus, this is what I need. Jesus, I need, I need some love. I need some hope. I need some peace in my heart. That's it. Go ahead and tell him what your need is this morning for a few more seconds. That's beautiful. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Carson City as it is in heaven, and every person who's gathered here and online as it is in heaven. Come on, let's put our hands together to Jesus. His presence is already here. That's it. Don't resist him, but put your hands together and respond to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you're going to help me preach, you can be seated this morning. One would expect, as one man said, one would expect a stone structure to outlast something as fragile as words on a page. But the impressive temples and magnificent palaces of ages past are long gone, now aptly classified as ruins. Even the great imperial Babylon which was famous for threatening and oppressing the people of God, is now long gone. But amazingly, words committed to the flimsiest of materials, back then scroll paper, those words are still with us today. Because the Jews, the people of God, unlike the Babylonians and unlike the Greeks and Romans, they were not a people of great architectural significance. Even Solomon's magnificent temple owed its impressiveness to the skill and labor of other nations. Solomon had to hire Hiram of Tyre and his workers to build his temple. So they were not known for their architectural prowess. This is because Israel's legacy was not to be made in stone edifices. Israel's legacy was and is the Word of God. Amen. We're talking about the uncontainable God this morning. You see, while other nations and empires poured their genius into their buildings and they sought immortality in their structures, the Jews devoted themselves to recording the Word of the Lord. God's Word is eternal. And God's word never passes away. You have to understand this morning that God's word was there in the beginning, speaking.
speaking the world into existence. God's word upholds or forms the basis of the world as we speak this morning. He not only created the world, but his word is what sustains the world and keeps it together. And in the end, when all things have faded away, far beyond the power of memory and far beyond the lifespan of stone or wood, the word of the Lord will remain. I've come to remind someone this morning that we serve an uncontainable God. We serve a God that's not limited to the pages of history. We serve a God that's not limited to a building, not limited to an ancient empire, not limited to a temple, not limited to a cathedral, but we serve the uncontainable God whose presence goes throughout the earth and fills those who are hungry and thirsty and heals those who are desperately in need of a healing. I've come to remind someone this morning that the God we serve is not a God that can be put in a box. No matter how hard you and I might want to put him in a box, no matter how hard you and I try to put limitations on him, the God that you and I serve cannot and will not be contained. If you're thankful for that, the God of limitless opportunities, the God where anything is possible, somebody put your hands together to Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. If it's possible, brother, if I could just get a little more monitor. If it's not possible, no problem. Amen. Far beyond the power of memory, the power or lifespan of stone, the word of the Lord will remain. My wife and I have been very privileged to travel this world a lot, uh, primarily for, for ministry. My wife has been involved in foreign missions years before she and I got married and we've, we've been privileged to travel different parts of the world and see other cultures. And we've been privileged to travel to the Vatican in Rome. And I don't know if you've ever been there, you've, you've seen pictures, but it's unbelievable. It's incredibly impressive, just highly uh, expensive and rare gold coating everything in that massive building and the tombs underground and, and the thousands of years old paintings and just unbelievable architecture and unbelievable things. You could spend days and days inside the Vatican in Rome. And my wife and I have been privileged to see the castles in Europe and we've been privileged to see palaces in Asia. We were recently in Bangkok, Thailand and we saw some of the most beautiful palaces that we've seen and the most beautiful statues and ancient and old and, 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 and there were times we'd step in and some of it took our breath away and, and we felt this small measure of awe that something this beautiful could be created. But can I just remind someone this morning that as thankful as I am for beauty of architecture and the creative mind and, and natural beauty that God created, as much as I'm thankful for the great historical places and the cathedrals and the palaces, can I tell you as beautiful as they are, none of those places compare to what you and I get to experience right here on a Sunday morning in Carson City. Yes, this is not a palace. No, this is not a castle. No, this is not the Vatican. But it does not matter because those things may be impressive in an earthly sense. But sadly, those temples and those castles and cathedrals are empty of the presence of God. They don't have what matters most. They don't have what we need the most. And that's because God will not be contained. God is not intimidated by how expensive the building is. God does not care how much gold there is in the Vatican, God will not be contained. He will go where people are preaching his word. He will go where the truth is declared. He will go where there's hungry hearts. He will go where there's depressed people. He will go where there's sick people. He will go where there's fearful people, and he will touch them and help them and heal them. He is the uncontainable God, and I would not trade his presence for the Vatican. I would not trade his presence for a palace in Asia, I would not trade what you and I get to experience every week. I would not trade it for anything in the world. He's the uncontainable God. His presence is power. His love is life and life more abundantly. Somebody give Jesus some praise this morning. The heavens cannot contain him. Temples cannot contain him. A church building cannot contain him. 
Our own failures cannot contain him. Our own lack of ability or skill cannot contain him. Our own disqualifications cannot contain him. Amen. He still comes down to those who are not qualified, to those who don't deserve him, to those who deserve death and pain. Jesus says, I'm sorry, but you're not going to contain me. I know that young man's been hurting himself and he's been doing wrong, but I'm going to come down and love him and save him. I know that young woman, she's been taking that knife to her wrist and she's been hurting herself and she's been hurting others and she's been living in depression and doing drugs. But you know what? You might write her off, but I, God, I'm never writing her off because I'm an uncontainable God. You can't stop me from saving who I want to save. You can't stop me from healing who I want to heal. You can't stop me from being the remedy for depression and sickness and everything else. Come on. He will not be contained by our own earthly limitation. He will not be contained even when we try to put him in a box and say, God, that's not possible. It's not possible, God, that you could ever heal that. It's not possible, God, that you could ever forgive that person. It's not possible, God, that, that, that you could ever bring us to this place of, of spiritual progress and authority. God, I, that, that's just not possible. I, I'm just going to stay right here where I am, and I'm just going to settle for what I've always had. It's not the best, but at least it's not the worst. No, you are putting a box around God, and you, oh, hallelujah, you've got re- to understand you serve the God of limitless possibilities, and we do not control him. I do not have him on a string. The Almighty has his own purposes, but I know and believe with all my heart that he can do anything, that he can do what we consider impossible, that he can move where we never thought he could move, that he will go where we cannot go, that he will save those that we thought was impossible. Come on, somebody. I need you to get excited with me that the God we serve is uncontainable because whatever you're facing, I've come to tell you that God can remedy and fix and save your situation because he is limitless, because he is the God of infinite possibility. Hallelujah. You say, well, that's great. You know, I I came here. I'm perfect. I don't have any needs. Well, forgive me if I don't believe you. Because every single person in this place, we all have carried something inside beyond those doors. We all have walked into this place carrying something, carrying some kind of need. And and we could sit there and we can hide it on our face because we don't want anyone else to know. And we can sit there and and, and, and just act as if there's that we don't need anything from God. But God knows better and you know better that you've got needs, whether big or small. You've got things you can't figure out. You've got things that maybe you don't understand. And there's a God that's here that wants to help you with that. That wants to help take it off your shoulder and carry it with you and the spirit will groan with you making intercession for you because he loves you and he will not be contained hallelujah hallelujah what about stories we read about in scripture some of us have heard since sunday school and we take them for granted stories about the hebrew boys like shadrach meshach and abednego we know the king nebuchadnezzar tried to he tried to uh exterminate them, eliminate them, and, and he threw them into the fiery furnace for not bowing down to an idol that he had created. And they refused. They said, we worship God alone. He said, okay, into the fire with you. And he said, we're just going to put the three of you in the fire. No one else allowed. He was trying to enforce social distancing measures on them. He said, all right, spread out just the three of you. No one else allowed in the furnace and he fully expected them to be burnt up and consumed but he looked closer and he realized that someone had violated his social distancing order because as he looked closer there was a fourth man standing there in the fire you see God violated whatever order the king tried to place on him God said sorry king I will not be contained I don't care if this is your backyard I don't care if this is your domain I'm going to get right up in there I'm going to get right up and everyone's in your face and I'm going to show you just how much I care about my people. I'm going to show you just how much I love these kids. He's an uncontainable God. He went into that fire. He pulled them out. Not a single one of their clothes were singed. The Bible says that they did not even smell like smoke. So God says, come on kids, get out of the fire. Put your masks away. There's no smoke here. You're not even going to smell like it. I've come to tell somebody, God cannot be limited. God cannot be quarantined. 
quarantined. Even if you're watching online and you're quarantined, I've got good news for you. God cannot be quarantined. God will not be quarantined. The Word of God knows no limits. His Spirit knows no bounds. Come on, I know this is simple preaching, but somebody's faith needs to reach out and grab a hold of this. If you believe what this preacher's preaching, I believe you'll see a change in your situation in these next coming days and weeks if you will let your faith reach out and believe what I'm preaching. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. I'm just preaching the simple scriptures to you today. That means that faith is all around us. Faith is in this atmosphere. It's ready for the taking. It's ready for the grabbing. We've just got to reach up and grab a hold of that faith and believe that no matter what happens and no matter what my eyes see, faith is, it goes beyond what my physical eyes can see. Faith is seeing what only a spiritual vision can see. Amen. And I'm going to believe that I serve an uncontainable God. Amen. God proved that to a, a man that we'll call, we'll call Kevin. Amen. A man who was in the Pacific Northwest. This is last year sometime. My wife and I were preaching at a church in the Pacific Northwest, and this man and his two kids came in, and I didn't know his situation until later, but it was explained to me that this man was in a very interesting, difficult, confusing, and sad situation due to his upbringing and due to all kinds of chaos and confusion in his life. This man named Kevin was struggling with his gender identity. Amen. He was a man, but because of all kinds of confusion in his mind, he, he was desiring to be the opposite gender. And so he had seriously considered getting a gender reassignment surgery. This is a man with a wife and with two kids. And his wife was so stunned and so uh, concerned uh, by this decision and this, this desire of Kevin that she left him and she left him alone with his two kids. And now uh, uh, he, he is reeling. He doesn't know what to do. He's got this, this mental and emotional confusion, this darkness within him. And he's got these kids he's trying to raise and he doesn't have it all figured out. And he's wondering, can God help me? Does God love me? And so he walked into this church on a Sunday morning and we preached just a simple message about the gospel, about what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when Peter said in Acts 2 and 38 repent let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and that day there was a total of 3,120 people that spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance and they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal of all their sins and I just preached that simple message that morning I did nothing uh, special on my part but God is so limitless and unconditional Containable, that he came into that sanctuary that morning. Amen. And I watched as this man, Kevin, lifted his hands. He repented of his sins, tears coming down his face. And a few seconds later, he began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. A man who just a few uh, uh, weeks or months earlier was considering changing his gender, wondering if God could ever love him. God came down and said, I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm going to show you that I feel those people too. I I'll feel transgender people. I'll feel people struggling with addictions. I'll feel people, whatever their situation is, if they're hungry, if they're willing to repent, I'll feel them too. And you can't stop me, honey. You can't stop my love. You can't stop my spirit from filling those who are hungry and thirsty. And that man, Kevin, told me afterwards, he said, I didn't know this was real. I didn't know this could be. I know I've heard about this, but I didn't know that God would fill someone like me. And we said, Kevin, that's how loving God is. That's how much he cares about you. That's how limitless he is. Even when everyone else gave up on you, and I know your wife left you, and that's hard, but God will never leave you. He's just proven that to you by filling you with his spirit, speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Yeah, God fills those people too because he won't be put in a box. Because the Lord is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hallelujah. You've got to understand, you've got to remember who it is that you're serving. You're, you're, not, you're not just serving a, 
a, a, a statue, amen, that might be hanging on your wall. You're not just serving a crucifix. You're not just, just serving an image, amen, that your parents had on the wall growing up. You are serving a very real God, the same God who created the heavens and created you. This is the God we're preaching about today, and his name is Jesus Christ. In John chapter 4, verses 19 through 24, the, the Bible says this, The woman saith unto him, Sir, she's talking to Jesus, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither worship, you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. He said this, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Notice that the woman was concerned with where people ought to worship. She, she thought all the spiritual action had to happen in Jerusalem, in one place, in one city. But Jesus was not concerned with where people worship. Jesus was concerned with who people ought to worship. Do you see? It's not about Jerusalem. It's about Jesus. It's not about the location. It's about the Lord. Amen. That's why those of you watching online can feel the same presence that I'm feeling right now and that we're feeling in this place. That's why that we don't have to be in church to experience powerful moves of God. That's why you can experience God's power in your home if you're willing to get on your knees and pray. That's why you can experience God's power on your job, amen, at your college campus, at your high school, because God will not be contained, and it's not about where, it's about who. My God goes with me everywhere, because I've been filled with his spirit. I can lay hands on the sick and believe that things will happen wherever I am, not just in a church house. Come on, you got to remember that's the God that we serve, the uncontainable God. Somebody praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, one more time, put your hands together. I need somebody's faith to rise this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus said a time had come, and I believe the same time as now, for true worshipers to arise, people who would worship and serve God, however, whenever, and wherever they possibly could. True worshipers will worship at home, in the street, in hospital beds, and in prison cells. It was a true worshiper who had an issue of blood for 12 years that the doctors could not heal. And this true worshiper publicly pushed and shoved her way to a miracle. Not caring about where, it was just about who. It was two true worshipers who started to sing in a prison cell at midnight as we preached about last week, even though they had just been brutally attacked and jailed for preaching Jesus. And it was true worshipers. True worshipers are those who say, in 2020, in the middle of sickness, in the middle of fear, in the middle of hysteria, in the middle of some cases of tyranny, in the middle of tension, I'm going to worship God with everything I've got in the middle of of a pandemic. Now's not the time to sit back. Now's not the time to be lax. Now's the time to worship as if we serve an uncontainable God. If God cannot be contained and neither can true worshipers, now is the time for me to let my worship and my faith and my belief and my expectation out of the box. God cannot be contained, so I should not worship him as if he could be contained. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to treat him as if he's a dead God. I'm not going to treat him as if he's a contained God. You know why we dance and you know why we get excited. And I know it's not just all about the dance. It's not just all about the outward. It's obviously the sincerity that's happening inward. When you're sincere, you can worship in one place. You can worship dancing. You worship however you want to if you're sincere. But if you want to know why people dance and why people jump and why we lift our voice, it's because we know that we don't serve a dead God. So why would we treat him as if he were dead? Why would we worship him as if he were dead? I believe he He's alive right now, so I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to sing to him. I'm going to let my worship and my faith be uncontained this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, that's fine and dandy, preacher, but, you know, that's good for you. But I'm just, I'm just all, I'm not all that emotional. You ever heard anyone say that? 
I, I'm just not emotional. And you know, I get that. I'm, I'm thankful that we, it's not a cookie-cutter situation. We all can be different with our own personalities and quirks and nuances, and God made us that way. He loves it. But I, I do find it interesting that the same people that, that say, Preacher, you know, I'm just not emotional, and that's why I, I don't really stretch my faith, and that's why I don't always lift my hands, and that's why I don't really open my mouth when I pray. You know, I'm just not emotional. Well, what's interesting about that is those same people, if I were to come to them with $500,000 in cash in a briefcase and set it in front of them, they would get real emotional real quick. Wouldn't they? I would. And the presence of God that we've been given, the Holy Ghost that we've been given, the joy that we've been given, is it not greater than any material value? Is it not greater than $500,000? I've been given something priceless. So if I would shout and rejoice and worship God for a briefcase of money, I'm going to worship him and have faith and enjoy him because what he has given me is priceless. Those same people that say, well, I'm just not emotional. Those same people you know, some of them, you'll find them on a Friday night. You know, I, I've seen this, people who are visitors and people who, who don't yet know God, you know, they kind of say that, well, I'm just not emotional. But you find them on a Friday night, amen, they're sitting in front of their television screen, amen, they've, they've got one of their favorite shows on, one of their favorite soap operas on, and, and, and Johnny just broke up with Jane and Sarah just broke up with Tommy, and they've got a bowl of Rocky Road ice cream and tears are just coming down their face as they're watching that on a Friday night. But but I'm sorry, I thought you weren't emotional. Those same people that say, I, well, I'm just not emotional, you know. You, you, you get them when there's a World Series or World Championship going on, and they're at a local restaurant, and it's playing on the screen, and when their favorite team scores that run, they'll be dancing across the restaurant, talking to strangers, shouting at the top of their lungs, oh, but I thought you weren't emotional. You see, the thing is, all of us are emotional. Humans, humans are emotional because we were made in the image of God. The problem is not that you're not emotional. The problem is that you give your emotions to all the wrong things. The problem is that you give your emotions to anything and everything else but God. You are emotional. You just need to channel your emotions to God. Amen. I want to be emotional in the presence of God first before I'm emotional anywhere else. God deserves my emotions, my joy, my aches, my pain, my love, my excitement. God God deserves my emotions before I give them to anybody else. Come on, it's time for us to surrender everything to God, to just get uncontained to an uncontainable God. Somebody praise him once again this morning. Hallelujah. Bible says in Acts 17, 27, that God is not far from any of us. He is not far. That means that lets me know he's, he's here today. He's moving amongst these pews. Whatever it is you need, whatever you've been dealing with or struggling with, you say, I've, I've been dealing with so much fear, preacher, so much doubt, so much loneliness. I, I've committed sin recently, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm fearful. I'm angry. I'm bitter. Whatever category you fall into, I'm here to tell you that God will not be contained by all your flaws, your problems, and your sins. And if you're willing to repent of your sins and just say, Jesus, I'm sorry and you want the Holy Ghost, and you've never received it, God can come down this morning and fill you with his spirit, and you will know because you will speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance, and you will watch as depression flees. You will watch as anxiety will flee, and when you're filled with his spirit, you're filled with peace. You're filled with joy uncontainable, joy unspeakable, joy unexpressible. That's the kind of God we serve. That's what happens when you're willing to repent. Because he's not far from any of us. When you're willing to repent of your sins and say, you know what? I'm going to place all my faith in God and I'm going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that's what the Bible says removes all my sins. The Bible says on multiple occasions that we are buried with him in baptism. You want to know how to apply the gospel to your life? One of the ways is to be buried with him in baptism. In baptism. The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ means nothing if we don't apply the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to our lives. That's why we repent. That's why we get baptized and allow Jesus to fill us with the spirit of resurrection because we want to apply the death, burial, and resurrection to our lives. 
So if you are here today or you're listening online and you have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, amen, we can arrange that for you today. Amen. There was an occasion in the Bible when there was a man who had just been taught about baptism and he did not wait for his entire family to be able to be there. And listen, I think that's wonderful when the family can be there to celebrate. But there's some, because this is a salvation issue. So this man told the preacher, he said, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? He said, I'm not waiting for other people to come. It's just two of us. I've got a preacher. I've got a minister that can do it. What is hindering me to be baptized? Here's water. And he was baptized instantly in the name of Jesus and went on his way rejoicing. I'm here to tell you, baptism is a salvation issue. And if you have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to submit to God's plan and let him, uh, allow him to baptize you. Amen. Be willing to go down in water in the name of Jesus and allow him to remove all of your sins baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And all the record of your sins will be gone forever. Past, present, and future record of your sins washed away forever. Mark, Mark 16, 16 says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. You say, I'm a believer. I'm so glad you're a believer, but you, you got to be baptized just like I did. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. This is why Jesus told his disciples to go and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. This is why Peter commanded the man in Acts 2 when the man asked him, what must I do to be saved? Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal of your sins. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but if you have not yet been baptized, it's free. It's the greatest gift on planet earth. All of your sins will stay at the bottom of that tank. You will be free forevermore. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If somebody would have told me when I was living in sin that all my sins could be washed away forever, you would have had to hold me back by the neck to keep me from getting baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you've got a record of sins, if you've got a big receipt that you've racked up, a bill that you cannot pay, Jesus has already paid your bill, and all you got to do to receive it is go down and water in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're watching online and you've never been baptized or you've got a family member with with you that's never been baptized, bring them down to the church today. We can baptize you. We can wear masks. We'll be socially distant, and you can have all your sins washed away in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody praise him this morning. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let the musicians come. I'm almost done. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Let your faith rise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is an uncontainable God. It's time to get our creativity out of the box. It's time, it's time to stop thinking small. It's time to stop thinking, amen, that God is just this little section of my life that I entertain on Wednesdays and Sundays. No, no, God wants to be so much bigger than that, so much more than that in your life. What, what are some of the dreams that God gave you? Maybe years ago or months ago, God gave you dreams, and then trials came. And the winds and waves of life beat you up a little bit. And you, and you let go of those dreams and you thought, you know, that was probably dumb or foolish for me to even consider that. But what you don't realize is that some of those dreams God put in your head. God put in your heart. And he will not be contained. Don't give up on the dreams and passions and plans that God has given you just because life got difficult. Just because life got hard. Come on, somebody. That's you putting God in a box. We've got to get him out of that box and say, God, help me to believe just like I did on day one. Help me to believe just like I did a few months ago that there's nothing too hard for you, that you can do anything. Anything. He's an uncontainable God. That's why, that's why just a few months ago in a parking lot in San Jose, California, while wildfires were raging, Evacuations were being ordered. Pandemic quarantine was in place. We couldn't have church indoors. We're just having church in a parking lot. And uh, we were preaching, and I was preaching in a truck bed, and it was being echoed to people's stereos in their cars. And uh, we just preached a simple message that day and preached about the Holy Ghost, preached about an, uh, basically an uncontainable God. Amen. And there was a man, unbeknownst to me, that was there attending service. This was only his second or third service. Amen. And um, his name was K.K. Gan, and he was from Singapore. He had only been living in the United States for just a few months. And he came because his wife wanted him to come. 
His wife believed that there was something real about Jesus and something real about Christianity, but he didn't believe that there was anything real. You know, he, he grew up with a whole host of different religions, and he thought, you know, as long as you're a good person, it doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Christian, Muslim, whatever, just love people, be a good person, all roads lead to the same destination. That's what he thought. He, he didn't really believe Jesus was even real other than a historical person. And, and, you know, this could be the kind of person that God just passes right on by. And says, okay, you've thought that, you've vocalized that, I'm, I'm going to go to your wife instead, I'm just going to ignore you. But instead, that day in the parking lot, I watched as this man lifted his hands, amen, and most of the people that knew, that, that, that briefly knew him were shocked because this is the man that was just coming because his wife wanted him to. But he lifted his hands and he figured, you know what, why don't I try this uncontainable God? Why don't I put him to the test? And he lifted his hands in that parking lot. And his wife had her hands lifted, and she looked over at him in confusion, can't believe what she saw, kept praying. His hands were lifted, and a few minutes later, he was speaking in other tongues as loud as you can imagine, shouting it over the parking lot. His wife was amazed. His wife said, I came for this. He didn't come for this. Why is he speaking in tongues? Amen. But that's because God's limitless, because God's uncontainable. And if God can fill an agnostic from Singapore, God can do anything in this house this morning. He's an uncontainable God. And I don't have them all figured out, church. In just a minute, I really am closing. I'm going to invite you to come to this front if you're able. If you're not able to, then please make your pew, make your chair a place of prayer. Please don't miss this opportunity that God is giving us to experience him. Thank you. There's already one here. That's okay. Go ahead and keep praying. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't have God figured out. I, 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 I can't. I'm not God. I'm thankful I'm not. I'd make a lot of bad decisions if I was. He's perfect. He knows what he's doing. My job is not to have everything figured out. My job is just to swipe the card. And it's God's job to have the funds in the bank account. My job is just to pray. My job is to exercise faith. My job is to put the word of God on action. And that's what I'm doing this morning. And that's what happened back in January of this year before all the craziness around the world hit. In, uh, in the nation of Bangladesh, my wife and I were privileged to be in the nation of Bangladesh for a ministry endeavor, an apostolic crusade. And Bangladesh, if you don't know, is right there near India, a very, very impoverished country, basically a fourth world country. And we were there to, with a team, a team of apostolic preachers and ministers, their wives, to see what God would do in this nation. And so it was a several night crusade. And uh, every night, there was one night 5,000, the next night seven or 8,000. I think the highest night was around 10,000 people. It was all outdoors as far as the eye could see. Amen. Just about you could see people that had come to hear about this Jesus. Amen. It was an incredible experience for multiple reasons. Just watching that many people with their hands lifted, crying out to God, wanting to experience the uncontainable God. And they realized, many of them came to realize in that crusade that God is not just the God of the Americans. God is not just the God of one class or type of people, but God is just as real for the people of Bangladesh, and he loves them just as much as he loves any of us. And one of the ways that God demonstrated that was the last night, amen, it was so crowded, I was looking around trying to spot my wife. It was towards the end. I had prayed for just about everyone I thought I could pray for. Amen. And I was looking for my wife and I found her because I saw her head bobbing up and down because she was jumping and I heard her voice. She had lifted her voice in excitement and I saw she was with another member of the team praying for a young boy. Amen. And I walked up to the scene and I asked them what was going on and they told me that there was this young boy. I have a picture of him on my iPad. He's probably 16, 17 years old and his friends had brought him to the front. His friends spoke a little bit of English enough to tell my wife and the other team member that he cannot speak. He is mute. He cannot cannot speak. Pray for him. Our friend cannot speak. And so they said, okay, we're going to believe Jesus to heal him. And so they laid their hands on him and prayed in the name of Jesus. They, 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 they prayed in the name of Jesus and said, we, we, we command your tongue to be loosed. We command your tongue, your mouth to be opened. Amen. In the name of Jesus. After they prayed this prayer, nothing happened right away. And he would try to speak. He would try to speak, and, and it was like my wife said, it was like there was something stuck in his throat. And it, even though there was nothing there, it was just it was like he would try to speak, and nothing would come out. So they prayed again, 
And then they prayed a third time, and they spoke the name of Jesus over that situation. And they had been telling him, I command you to speak the name of Jesus. They had been telling him, I command you to say hallelujah. And on the third time, they said, in the name of Jesus, I command your speech to be healed. And my wife said, it looked like something was unblocked. It looked like almost he coughed something up, even though there was nothing there but air. And in that moment, he all of a sudden began declaring the name of Jesus, and he began speaking the word hallelujah. He kept on saying Jesus, Jesus, and he kept on saying hallelujah, hallelujah. And his friends were amazed. His friends said he could not speak. He could not speak, and now he is speaking. And that young boy just kept on walking saying Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we watched in that moment a 16-year-old boy be healed by the uncontainable God in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a virus swirling around that region of the world. It did not stop God. He said, I'm going to come down here and work a miracle for this 16-year-old boy. And if the God that I serve is the same God over there that he is here, then God can do anything in 2020 in Carson City, Nevada. The God we serve can not be contained. He will not be contained by your lack of faith. He'll move anyway. You may not get to experience all of it, but he'll move on someone else. But I'm glad I'm preaching to people who have faith today. People who say, I want more of him. I want his spirit. I want healing. I want deliverance. That's the kind of God we serve. And I wonder if we could stand all over this house and lift our hands and lift our voices and begin crying out to the uncontainable God. Come on. All over this house. All over this house. That's it. Lift your voices. Lift your voices. Come on. Come on. Come on. He's able. He's able. He's able to do anything. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's it. That's it. I feel people of faith responding. That's it. Let your faith rise. He loves you. Come on. You're not going to be in this situation forever. You're not going to be in this trial forever. It's not over till God says it's over. Come on. He's still in control. He's still got the reins. Come on. Pray, church. Trust in him. Yes. Yes. He loves you. His love cannot be contained. His love will not be limited. Even if you make your bed in hell, God is still there. Come on. Come on. He's been chasing after some of you. He's been running after some of you. Come on. Respond to him. Meet him in his arms. Meet him halfway this morning. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Open your mouth and meet God halfway. He's been chasing you. He's been running after you this morning. I'm done preaching, but if you're here this morning and you need a miracle, you need the uncontainable God to move in your life, or if you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, you've never had the biblical experience of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, I want to invite you to come if you're able. I want to invite you to come to this front. Lift your hands, repent of your sins, and God can fill you. If you're watching at home online, come on. Don't worry about anyone else around you. Pray right now. Lift your hands and your voice to the uncontainable God and pray. Let him fill you. Let him fill you. Come on, young people. Come on, visitors. Come on, saints. If you need something from God, don't miss your moment. Reach out to him. The singers are going to sing. Come on. If you need the Holy Ghost, please come. We'll help you pray. That's it. Lift your voice. Tell God you're sorry for your sins. And he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Let your faith rise. Come on, don't be distracted. Let your faith rise right now. Come on, let's push in prayer. He's great and greatly to be praised this morning. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you're a member of this church and you see somebody praying, amen, why don't you go and, and just extend your hand to them, whatever they're comfortable with. But let's pray, let's pray. Let's prevail in prayer this morning. Let's let God out of the box this morning.
That's it. That's it. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. I bind sickness and I lose healing. I bind doubt and I lose faith. I bind fear and I loose the Holy Ghost. I loose liberty right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Reach out and receive it. Reach out and receive what you need. Stop! 